Thanks for tuning into this episode of FinTech Focus TV, powered by Harrington Star, the global leaders in financial technology recruitment. Head over to the Harrington Star website where you'll be able to find all the latest jobs in financial technology across the globe. You'll also be able to download the latest issue of the Financial Technologist magazine, including the Top 1% Workplace Awards. Finally, if you're looking to grow your team, please get in touch. Enjoy the show. Welcome to our episode on day two of FinTech Connect. I'm Toby Babb and this is FinTech Focus TV. I'm absolutely delighted today to have Dan from Batula over to see us. Dan, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank Listen. you for having me over. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Listen, uh, thanks for coming in and talking to us today. Um, it's day two of FinTech Connect. Loads and loads of different conversations happening. This is a, a sector that's absolutely thriving at the moment. I'm sure you're going to get some great contacts and, and add some real value across the course of today. So you've been telling me a little bit off camera about yeah. Batula now. Yeah exciting phase of the company, exciting what you're doing at the moment. Tell us a little bit about the story. Tell us about why you're existing, well, where you come from, and what Batula does. Okay, sure. So the story is quite simple. Um, I, I was working in IT consulting for a big Italian bank, so I was in between two offices, essentially, doing the IT consulting and tech leads part. Uh, there was a payments office in the bank, uh, which knew a lot about payments, but not much about the IT part and it had several big suppliers which were, you know, knew a lot about IT but not about the business. Mm. And the relationship was just horrible between yeah. them, essentially, because uh, the suppliers, they just sold the software to the bank for zero, zero euros, and then they signed a maintenance contract yeah. for different millions yeah, yeah, euros yeah, yeah. a year. So they had no interest. It's a classic the model, business right? was, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had no interest whatsoever to improve the quality of the services they yeah. provide. They were constantly angry at each other because the bank wanted better service and they were unable to deliver new, ser new services fast enough. Uh, and, well, the supplier, they were the only one happy in that relationship yeah, yeah. because it was just <laughs> instructing the rent without, uh, without doing much of the work. Yeah. And, Employees at most parts were under big pressure because the bank wanted things done. The supplier was constantly screamed on <laughs> and so on. So they involved me to try to you know, repair this relationship between them and uh, help them deliver several you know, key features like fastening up, uh, doing several technological migrations so to save up on the licensing costs, to deliver new features like instant payments. This is something that we did together with them. And well, after that experience, we succeeded. I succeeded at that, at that place, but I thought it doesn't have to be like that. We can do much, do much better than that. So I decided to, to create Bitula. And so I called my, my long-term friend and colleague, Kirill, and I told him, okay, let's, let's, I mean, let's do it. <laughs> I, love the, I love the whole idea of that because it's a, I mean, you said, said the words to me earlier, like, we can do this better. Yeah. And I think so many great businesses are formed out of that sort of concept of let's do this better, let's, let's have a look at an issue which people are feeling. And as you say, look, there's a lot of disgruntled stakeholders in what yeah. we're talking about. And it is a common theme, right? That is, yeah. a, that is a, a common practice 
and, it, and no one wins from that sort of place. Yeah. So to actually sort of challenge this, disruption for me is about looking at, at points of friction across the process and creating opportunities there to go out and yes. do things better. Well, so you and your friend start this up. When, when was the kickoff? Uh, 2019. 2019. 2019. Yeah. So you start a consulting business just before the world turns upside down as well. Yeah, exactly. Tell exactly. me, how, tell me how the journey's been over the last three well, four years. Well, we were originally we were remote from the start. Yeah. So. And we are still remote, of yeah. course, right now. So yeah, it was a crazy, crazy. Well, first year was okay. Yeah. The 2018 was a great year. Right? It was the last one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all weird right now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, well, we evolved from yeah. there. Uh, it's a bit complicated to work with the big banks straight yeah. away. Yeah. So we pivoted more to the fintechs, yeah. but we are doing uh, more of the same things. Essentially, uh, we come in between the business and the IT, part, and the IT stakeholders yeah. and we help them uh, harmonize their relationship and deliver the product together. So yeah. We build them up like a, as a team, essentially. Yeah. And uh, what we usually do is, uh, well, fintech startups that don't usually have like fixed business processes and uh, fixed procedures. Yeah. So we talk with the business stakeholders to clarify those processes and then help their IT team deliver it. Or I know we can also help them scale the team as well. We have our internal team. So this is an interesting sort of play from, um, you know, I think, I think in, in, in business, in technology, pivot used to be a dirty word, right? Yeah. It used to be something there where people said, you know, um, and, I, and I think actually, the last four or five years have done exactly what it should be, which is saying, right, you take your strategy and you, and you do pivot, yeah. you, you sort of evolve and it's iterative improvement. And I think you're absolutely right that the number of fintechs and companies I speak to who you know, have the vision of working with, with big banks, but the big banks are so prohibitive to some, you know, some of the innovation within this, you adapt and you look at where the opportunities are and it's the same problems that move it at more accessible areas. Yeah. Um, and once you start to look at that, it can then scale accordingly and give, you, give yourselves the sort of viable product to then sort of take it forward and then move through that sort of process. So yeah. I think it's a really commendable sort of play that you've done and part of the journey. So you're there at the moment, you're working with the fintechs. Talk to me about where it heads and what the journey does and the sort of value that you can add to people as well. Yeah. So uh, at the moment, we are just talking about like business cases we are getting right now. Yeah. Uh, as you may know, probably, as the FCA, Financial Conduct Authority, yeah. they hired a lot of people last year yeah. to, you know, to get through the backlog. Yeah. So a lot of fintechs are getting their... Uh, the audit notices, yeah. like draft notices, yeah. uh, S166 reviews, and stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also several uh, bank and the service providers were involved in the audits lately. Uh, and a lot of fintech infrastructure, a lot of fintech are based upon other buses because it's so hard to, you know, to have an in-home uh, compliance due diligence uh, to get their own license. Right, so everybody's using buses, but they are under under scrutiny yeah. by the regulator right now. So I think we will be having for several years now this backlog processing. So everybody will fix their compliance because the compliance part is becoming more and more important for every fintech. Because otherwise, you will just you will be unable to operate. Or we've, seen, we've seen this sort of sort of you know, impacts institutional clients already, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, the scramble of, of, of people getting themselves ready for regulation at various different stages is always something there which people leave till the last minute for whatever reason. I mean, it's crazy, really. It's yeah. Like that. And I think actually, if you look at it in this space as well, you're, you're seeing exactly the sort of same thing mirrored. Um, Sorry? You're seeing it mirrored again in, this, yeah. in, you know, in the, the sort of fintech space that you've probably seen happen 
you know, in institutional sectors before that. So I think the effort to have the guidance to be able to take that further forward is really important as well. Yeah. So let's look at a little bit further forward to, to 2024. Yeah. Um, I'd like you to look at uh, some of the things that are exciting for you in the business, yeah. but also some of the things that you think will be um, significant to the industry over the course of the year ahead. So, 2023 was a year of hype for AI. Yeah, yeah. I think it's overhyped a bit, but there are several cases which I'm really looking forward to see. For instance, uh, AI in transaction monitoring. Yeah. It would be really, really interesting because now it's room-based uh, and this is an area where uh, machine learning algorithms are really good at because you have a lot of data and it's marked. Now it's done by hand by the analysts. Yeah. So you have like, if you have a lot of transactions in your fintech, you will have like an army of TM analysts which are looking at the transactions. Yeah. Or a regulator. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who is looking into how many analysts you should have? Yeah. 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 And. This is a really nice area, I think. I, I, I haven't heard, I heard about one company, I don't remember the name, unfortunately, yeah. for doing this. Probably a lot of uh, people are building it, but it's yes. not, uh, not yet uh, available market-wide. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it will be a big improvement. It's exciting, yeah. yeah. Besides that, I don't know, we will have a Dora Act yeah. uh, coming. Drafting next year, yeah. so another big disruption probably. More work to be done there as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And what about for the company? What about for Petula? For Petula, we are uh, for these five years. Essentially, we have always used networking to gather our new clients. Yeah. And now we are going out, so this is our first conference. Okay. We are partaking in, and so a lot of exciting things happening. So I never had that many people come to our stand and just you know, show interest right away. We yeah. had a lot of people. So it is a bit small, I would say, but it's it's really cozy because you really have the time to talk to people to understand them. Absolutely. It's not like, you know, uh, in a Napolitan bar when you have like 30 seconds to get your coffee and Sweet. then you're out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have real time to talk to your people. And yeah. So really, I, I really love that. Yeah. And it's great to see that sort of de de you know, development of your business as well yeah. at the same sort of stage. And yeah. It's really important for us because, you know, this is what we do. We talk yeah. to the people and we, when you have a product, it's, it's easier. Yeah. It's a bit easier because at least one of the two parts is fixed. Yeah. You, you know what you're selling, well, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, then you just need to find the customer. With the consulting business, it's more complicated because you are not, you, for every customer, you are selling a different thing. You have to custom craft it yeah. every time, so you need you need time and relationship with the customer in order to deliver value to them. Yeah, a lot of people doesn't doesn't do that, and they try to bundle up consulting as a product. Yeah, you, and they just come up to you and link it and say, okay, yeah, we it have this very, team. It can be very commoditized. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have this team which knows you know, this big stack of technologies. Yeah, yeah. Do you need them? Yeah. But this is not what we do, yeah. at least, because I don't think we provide a lot of value. Yeah. Most of the fintechs, they have their technical teams already in, and they're pretty happy about, about them. What they, what they lack is somebody with both the technical and business background at the same time. Yeah. You see, you know, in a classic startup, you have the CEO, which covers the business, and CTO, which covers, you know, the tech. Yeah, yeah. And, but you need, what we do, we provide both, yeah, yeah. both competences with the same, with the same team, yeah. with the same team. 
And we worked with several startups and helped them actually improve their business models as well yeah. as we were designing the tech because you know, the business might want one thing, but it might not be so easy to, to get it up technically. Yeah, yeah. And we can find the compromise knowing the tech because we both come, me and my co-founder, we are coming from the tech background. Yeah. We can tune the business in order to satisfy the business requirements and the tech requirements. Yeah. So. It's a perfect mix, isn't it? Yeah. Well, hopefully. Well hopefully. <laughs> so, so, uh, so if people are watching this and want to find out a little bit more and recognize some of the problems you're talking about and are frustrated with that, you can help give them the guide through all of that sort of yep. thing, particularly with a regulatory framework. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? They can just uh, drop me a line and link it in. Perfect. Uh, we'll, push, we'll, we'll tag you in when we release it. Yeah. And, uh, and I wish you the very, very best of luck with it. Thanks very much for coming and joining much. us today. Thanks. And thank you all for watching. We'll see you on the next episode of FinTech Focus TV. Thanks Bye -bye. a lot.